Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a woman who has a long legacy of fantabulousness. I have with me the amazing Yunira Zahavi. Hello, Anika. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you today because you just have a wealth of knowledge about a whole bunch of things. Um, you have a past life, a current life, and uh, a new life. You have um, just, I mean, wisdom from being a caregiver, a, a, a mother, uh, <laughs> working in corporate, an author. I mean, what other title am I missing? Grandma. Is that my latest title, Grandma? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> See? Yep. And especially with COVID, me and you have been talking and, and, you know, with COVID, we, women, we play so many roles and it's been no different since COVID has started. So can you introduce yourself to the world? Tell everyone who you are and what you do. I am Manira Zahabi. I am known as the Niche Navigator and I help people, businesses, you know, businesspreneurs find their niche because most times people are asked to go find a niche or start a business and they have no clue about anything. And I realized, you know what, it's not, the world doesn't drive on passion. Passion comes when you love doing what you're doing, but to drive yourself is to find your passion. So you have to figure that out and you find your passion by finding your niche. So every entrepreneur struggles with this at some point or another. You know, we get this fabulous idea that, oh, I want to start a business, but we never break down. And I'll say a lot of times we don't know who to talk to, to help us narrow our focus, because that's the key word that every marketing, you know, strategist or, or a business consultant is going to say to you, narrow, 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 narrow. And it, of course we all hate it because we have these gazillion ideas in our head of all the things that we feel that we can do. Um, so what is your advice to someone about finding your passion for many of us who have multiple multiple you know it's what is in the moment right now what's happening to you see over the years everybody has worked through jobs has has found skills have you know sat on a computer done excel word whatever they've got done people have so many skills that don't even remember them and only when they start rewriting a resume is when those skills try to sprout out and then die. But when I was going through this process, my mentor said, take a piece of paper, put it on your bedroom wall and start writing everything you know. Go into the bathroom and see, figure out what you want, what you know. And I was like, what do you mean go to the bathroom? He goes, do you know how to brush your teeth? Put it down there. If you know how to comb your hair, brush your hair, style your hair, put it all. Those are all different skills. If you know how to make your bed, you know how to clean the bathroom. Because cleaning a bathroom to two different people is two different things. How do you clean a bathroom? Cleanliness is godliness, right? That's what they say. But how do you define that? And it's amazing that two people can make a cup of tea, but it can be completely different. So go figure out what your skills are. And that's where you start. 
because you know anybody i can tell anybody go start a business because some businesses are ready made all you have to do is pay the money and you have a business but is that business for you why do you want to go in the business first of all that's your question why and that's the most important thing is that write down your skills. If you're sitting at a computer, do you know anything about a computer? Do you know how to switch it on, switch it off? Format your drive. Um, don't do it because you will lose your stuff. But you know, do you know how to do that? And then do you know how to hook up other essential items like your mic, your camera? What about software? Do you know how to use Excel, Word, PowerPoint? All of those things are skills. Can you talk in public places? Do you like people? Do you not like people? What kind of a business do you want to go in? And that's how you figure out your niche. That's the laying of the foundation. And I write, I don't write that so much in my book, but part of it is also networking because you've got the skills, right? You've got the skills. But if you go out there and talk to 10 people, literally, like, I mean, go to a networking event and you can't do it physically, but the world is at your fingertips right now. You can go find 10 people and say, hey, I saw your post. Can I talk to you for a second? And you don't know what they're going to tell you, but you may have a skill that somebody knows or doesn't know about and you can be the answer to their problem because who doesn't have a problem? So that's the way you do it. You give us so much because you said that you can be the answer to the problem, which is what we're taught to build business off of solving a problem. But more importantly, you literally said, seize the moment, write everything you know. And that resonated with me because I just recently graduated with my master's degree when I set out to get my master's, I wanted to work in corporate. Since I started my business, I no longer wanted to work in corporate. And then I finished and I'm like, okay, I'm a coach now. What do I do with this degree? And when I hired someone to do my resume, it didn't say what I thought it would say, you know, because it was based on my 20 years in corporate. It was based on 20 years in government, nonprofits, not based on business and what the skills that I have since built and now trying to mesh that life of the skills I have now versus the skills that I have nurtured for so long, but they're completely different because my mindset is different behind each individual skill. You know, working in nonprofit, working with people is different than working with people in a business and especially in an entrepreneurial world because we don't have any of the safety nets that we have when we're working in corporate. We don't have, you know, we're not told, okay, here's the systems, here's the processes, you just get in where you fit in and do your part and the rest, the cycle will continue. When you're an entrepreneur, you are the system, you are the process, you are the cycle, and you have to think differently. And so just even thinking about you saying, you know, simply cleaning a toilet is a skill. We take all of these skills for granted. I, when I got married, I didn't realize that I had skills. I just did things. I've just always known how to do these things. I've perfected some of them along the way, but I never knew that they were skills until the last two years when I've been trying to narrow my niche to figure out what <laughs> I can give the world that they don't already have. And, and a lot of it is that we kind of, we're dependent on other people telling us what we're good at versus understanding what we're good at ourselves. 
true, true. And that's the thing, right? Is like have you know, ask anybody, ask anybody, what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. And nobody will have the answer because mm -hmm. nobody has been asked that question, right? Yeah. And if you ask me, I'm going to say personally or professionally, like which world are you asking me? Cause it, like you say, we're, we are unable to really answer that question. Cause we overthink it. See, the thing is what I have found, and this came very, very clear to me after I read, uh, as the men think it, because James Allen in his book, he says, most people are anxious to improve their circumstances. They are not anxious to improve themselves. That right? So true. And so the thing is, what is it that you want? How many of us, especially ladies, right, sit down and think about what is it that I, Namira needs, want right now? And what is it, Anika, what do you want right now? Do you take five minutes of your day to think about what you want? Maybe it's just sitting and doing absolutely nothing for five minutes. And that could be something you want, but some days you just don't have that. Mm -mm. You know, I, but, but it, it, that, that, that want changes for everybody. Somebody who is seven years old, somebody who is five, somebody who is three months old. I have a granddaughter who is three months old and she drives us nuts because she's a wanting baby. She just wants to be held or she wants her diaper changed. And so we cater to the wants because mm -hmm. we can. But ask the mother who is in her place and wants just five minutes without changing the diaper. Somebody do it. Right? <laughs> Anybody. Everybody's, everybody's needs are different. I wear that hat of my being a grandmother very, very beautifully and proudly because then I don't want to change the diaper. I say, you do it because I know somebody else will, right? Yep. So the thing is, the thing is everybody's needs changes. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want? If you ask yourself five minutes every single day, what is it that you want? Today, not tomorrow, today. Mm -hmm. It will change your perspective of life. Yep. That's, that's so interesting, you know. And, and, and what I'm getting from this is that you are breaking down everything that we're talking about is related to your niche because you said your niche is about developing your passion, determining what it is that you're passionate about. Because I'm going to tell you, when you're trying to build a business, if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, it will fail. It is guaranteed to fail. True that. But let me tell you, a human mind gets 180 million thoughts a day. Ooh. Out of which so many are ideas. Now think about it. That just validated my, my <laughs> that validated it because I feel it. <laughs> because they come, they, you know, they are firing, those neurons fire. You're in the bathroom. And I, I you know, I heard this somewhere. It's the, you know, I never figured it out, but this guy said it best that you're in the bathroom taking a few minutes for yourself. And that's, that's office. the best ideas. Come, because your mind is quiet and you've taken that time for yourself. I call it the office because the best ideas go down in the bathroom. So I say I'm going in my office. I don't know what it is. I think that 
you know, I've even thought, you know, tried to figure this out, that the solitude, the walls, the lack of windows and distractions, I think that it really does make it for a perfect place to, to think because there's so much clarity in the bathroom. And the only thing I can really attest it to is lack of distraction. Exactly. And that's what it is, right? So that five minutes that you say, I want for myself. Is well, for us moms, time? we actually run in there for 30 and we hide <laughs> and pray that the door stays closed and nobody knocks. There's a commercial where this woman is like, I'm dead. She's yep. she says, I'm, in, I'm dead. I dead. saw it. Yeah, but it's like, why do we need to steal time? Why can't we just get it? Why can't we just get it? But, but the whole thing is, you know, you talk about passion and you talk about niches. It's the same one thing, you know, different names, however you call it. But here's the thing. What, you, what, do you, what is it that we love? I've seen people who've gone through life, you know, they've got college degrees, they've gotten a job. Like you said, go into corporate, you know, do this, make a name for myself. And you're in that hustle bustle of fighting everybody else who wants the same thing. Mm -hmm. one position and if you go on LinkedIn right now and see different jobs like 17 people have applied so now you're against those 17 people or 74 for any other position but my thinking is that you've always thought that you wanted to start a business you wanted to become an entrepreneur and you have this awesome idea but you've never implemented it why you know why? It's because you don't believe in it. So the first thing, you know, God is there. I, I've always, I always had this, and I, I'm one to tell you, I've always had this thing where, you know, he's not sending me any ideas. Oh, why? Why don't I get ideas? But it's there. You're born with it. already have it. Steve Harvey says you've already got it. Yep. Right? And everybody's but, out here seeking external validation, and it's in turn, it's embedded it's embedded. So you take that idea that you have, right? You take that idea that you have because it's the conceive. Like I'll talk about my Eve, Eve concept. If you conceive it, right? It's the I-V-E concept or the Eve concept, I call it. Spelling is different, but I call it the Eve concept because you conceive it. And you, when you conceive it, you're so excited. You wanna go tell the world. And if you don't tell the world, it fizzles out. It's like those thoughts that are sprouting, but they die because it's winter. But then you got to believe in this idea because if you're excited when the idea was conceived, you got to believe in it because something is pushing you, powering you, empowering you to do this. And you got to believe in it. And if I don't care if your mother, your brother, your father, your uncle, your cousin, your spouse doesn't believe in it. If you believe in it, it's going to work, right? When I started with the Niche Navigator, it came about in the conversation. And I was telling this girl, you know, I am that navigator who can help you go to your niche. And I was like, oh, this is the Niche Navigator. I took the concept. I made a website. Life is good, but everybody was telling me, oh, you need to change it, doesn't work. I believed in it. That's right. I loved it. I was like, I'm the niche navigator and I'm going with it. Four years later, I'm still the niche navigator. People, those unbelievers have hopped onto my ark, if you will. You're not talking of Noah's mm -hmm. ark. Mm -hmm. 
but then you achieve it, right? You believe in it and then you achieve it just like I did. I took my arc and I was like, I am getting on the helm of this thing and I'm going to be the captain of this thing and I'm taking off. I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to be like Moana in her. I'm just going somewhere. I'm going to go fight Maui. Those, that's my riches, right? But I'm going to go and get it. Now, where I'm going, I don't know, but I'm taking my ship and going. <laughs> I know you're laughing about it, but it's true. Because when I watched that movie and I was like, hey, that's me. The niche navigator is embarking on this voyage. I'm laughing because I'm in Hawaii and you pick Moana. Of course, it, the story is clear as day now because everywhere I go, I see Moana and the power of water. And she's, you know, she, even the, the earth and the universe helped her, you know, get to, you know, achieve her goal. And, it's, and she was so persistent. So, yeah, I totally get what you're right. saying. You have to achieve it to get going because if you don't embark, many people I've seen, they've got this, arc ready to go but they never climb on some people they have this idea i have this idea i'm going to write a book well <laughs> write a sentence don't write a book just write a bloody sentence start really? somewhere i'm laughing you know, i'm I, laughing I, I, so I, hard because you are just tearing me apart right now <laughs> i got everything down pat that you're talking about which is why i can teach it because i know it that's exactly it. It's like, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, somebody was asked me this question, how did you write this book? I wrote a book, you know. I wrote a book because I was a caretaker for my husband for four years. And everywhere I went, every article I saw, I read, I got an idea, I put it on my phone. You know, this is the most powerful instrument you ever have. So put it down, you know, have a get a notepad, use Microsoft Word, who knows? But these days it's so easier because if you're not typing, you can talk into it and it'll type it for you, right? So I didn't know that. When I was writing my book, I just, just type, take pictures or whatever. Oh, this is such a good idea. I need to do this when I do my lives. I haven't done my lives yet because life has always come into the middle, but it's this. it stops today. And I'm going to be on my lives every day because today is a new month of a new, a new day of a new month and it has to go. So Mondays I have my show, but everybody, every other day I have a theme. I have started doing that already. But the thing is, yeah, you put things down and then my husband passed away in 2020 in January. So then I was like, okay, I'm grieving. But I knew this was going, to, I didn't know he was going to die this soon, but I knew that he would go before me because he was so sick, right? I didn't know what time, there's no, time is not promised to you. And then I got into Facebook and I went into widow's group. And I thought there's going to be some kind of a support system, right? Telling you how to get over grief, right? I see posts like it's been seven years and I haven't touched my husband's things. Do you think it's too early to touch his thing? Right? So people were standing still in time for seven years. They haven't moved. Then there was this one lady. I don't know how to pay my property taxes. And I don't know. My husband used to do all these things. And 
so I was like, wait, a property tax is a piece of paper they send you, you go somewhere and you pay the bill. Yes, your husband was doing, but now everything's electronic, right? And then this one lady was like, yeah, I have to pay my, my property taxes, but you know, I kind of lost the bill. And yesterday when I woke up, it was sitting on my kitchen counter. So that gave me the creeps. I was like, oh, are the dead people coming over? I mean, you know, no disrespect to the dead people, but you know, I mean, it's never happened to me. Is this about to happen to me, right? <laughs> so I was like, I need to get out of these things. So then I got on my computer and I started looking at my Google Drive because then I get a notice that Google is now going to delete everything or you need more space, right? So yeah, so you need more space, so you need to start deleting. So I start looking at my stuff and I've got notes here, there and everywhere. So I start to consolidate, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I have the beginnings of a book. So I start writing and start writing. And once you start writing, you know, it takes, it takes this. So the, the, the thing was, just get it done, right? It didn't take me months and months. It took me two months, but that grieving problem, instead of sitting there taking a hanky to my, or tissue on my face and just crying, I did something, I guess I'm different from everybody. I'm not the regular morning person that you have that she's gonna mourn all her life. I just took that time and became very, very productive. And I put my book together and it started coming together. Now, maybe it was just meant to me, who knows? And maybe it was my dead husband saying, you can write this book, so I'm gonna help you. Instead of just coming and showing you how to write a book, I'm just gonna suddenly make sure that you write a book. But either way, whatever the miracle was, it happened, it, I did it. So I wrote my book and it's called The Philosophy of Niche Principles because that's what my passion is, niches, right? I don't care if you know how to write, a, you know, bake a cake or you know how to stitch something. It doesn't matter. Just give of yourself. And if you enjoy it, right? I, I stitched over 700 masks between April and July and I gave away everything. I had all pieces of clothes. I had all torn up things, bed sheets. I just used all of it and started making and giving and giving. I have a friend who has friends in healthcare. So she just took my masks and dis distributed them. But the bottom line was that, you know, you take what's passionate. If you ask me to sew a mask right now, I do not have the drive, do not. I know how to do it. It's a skill I know how to do, but that does not give me pleasure. At that particular moment when I was grieving, I thought, you know what, this is a way to do it. Let's just do it. But my, po my point is everybody who is out there, who is looking for a niche, it's inside you. Figure out the skills that you have. You know, I, I was talking to a girl the other day and she's like, I'm doing financial uh, financial planning and I'm so good at this and I help people get loans. Well, look at the world right now. People are not taking out loans because they don't want to pay them because they don't know what the future is going to look like. So 
what are you doing now? Oh, well, I am just um, not, I can't figure it out. But she's good at Canva. So she starts creating templates for people. And that's her business. So right now, her niche is creating templates or whatever she's doing on Canva. And she's making a ton load of money. That's what I was going to ask you. Is there ever a time when, and this is, I'm asking you this personally, because this is my dilemma. Is there a time when the things that you're good at aren't profitable? And that there's something that you were good at that you did not mean to be good at that is a perfect business opportunity. Yes, accidental opportunities. That happens. But it happens because you're looking for something else. It's amazing. Amazing. I think, it comes, I think it's, for me, I feel like it's creatives are creatives and i think we like to put a label on our creativity and determine that this is what i want to create but then the creativity it it it, it musters and it is is nurtured and it turns into so many other things i mean you've got some people who like to draw and then they turn out to be excellent photographers and what we don't realize is that these things go together we always expect it to be one thing when actually it, it's, it's so much bigger than that. And we try to limit it instead of just riding the wave and, and being limitless. And that's the thing is like, you got to believe in it that you can do it. Most people, most people will never embark on that ship. That ship is sitting there. They will never embark on it and say, let's go sailing. And the thing is, they'll never let another, another person navigate see them to you. So ask for help, right? A long time ago, I'll tell you, when I first came to America, I am a Kenyan, right? I came to the United States of America, never drove on the freeway. Take long roads everywhere. People would tell me, you need to take the freeway. Like, take the freeway. Oh, I'm driving slowly. Don't worry, I'm going to get there. Don't worry, I'm going to get there. But I do, right? I get there. So then, right? It, it, it's, it's like, okay. So then I tell my friend, hey, I need to go to a hospital in LA because I've been referred. I've never been on a freeway, but LA doesn't get, you can't get to LA without getting on the I-5 because I was living in California, right? She goes, so what are you asking me? I say, I have a car. Can you drive me, please? So you find somebody to drive your car to take you to LA. She took me twice. She goes, okay, coming back, you're driving. The second time, you're driving back home. And I was like, oh, bloody hell. Oh my God, my hands were sweating. I was nervous. You don't know what else was sweating. You don't want to know. <laughs> and then <laughs> I drove back home and I felt good. So wherever we went, we would take the long roads, but coming back, we would take the freeway. Not LA, just stuff in Bakersfield, which is like a 15 mile radius town, right? But you would take the freeway and it's amazing. Go the long way, come back on freeway, feel very, very accomplished. But you still do it. And then when I had to go take my daughter to LA the fourth time, she was like, I'm not coming. I have things I have to do. Oh, bloody hell. No GPS at that time, take MapQuest out and go. 
So then you, that's how you do it. You just go. And that was the first time the police stopped me on the freeway. You know what he said to me? He goes, Munir, ma'am, do you know why I stopped you? No, sir. Um, this is the 80 miles per hour freeway. You gotta go faster than 35. But it's the freeway. I've never been on a freeway. <laughs> and he goes, you still need to go faster. Don't let me, don't make me stop you again. I'm over here dying. <laughs> and I did it. Oh, it only took me two and a half hours on a one and a half hour road, but it's okay. I got there. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. I told the doctor I'm late because I was on the freeway and he looked at me like, Does, isn't everybody on? I said, no, you don't understand. I'm from Kenya. I've never driven on the freeway. You got to take my route. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> that one experience oh. allowed me to speed it up a little bit. The next time I went, it was 55 hours. I got there in two hours, not two and a half. Baby steps. I was a pro, man. I was, I could do this. But that's the thing. You got to get in the driver's seat. But if you can't do it yourself, ask some help. That's so hilarious. And it's so true. Because baby steps, they look different for everybody. You know? know. Oh, my gosh. I'm over here dying. I still have the ticket. I have framed it. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Did you put that in your book? No, of course not. Then you have to write another one. Oh my gosh, that was, oh. But that's my other stuff, the blunders as, a, as an uh, immigrant, you know. It's funny because, you know, I tell everybody, you know, I'm always talking about getting out of your comfort zone. And for the most part, it comes from me working with inmates and substance abuse people, people in recovery. And I'm always telling them, don't go back to where you came from, because obviously it's not working for you. But for me, the similar story is becoming a military spouse. I was so comfortable in Florida. I navigated Florida for 20 years. I knew the systems. I knew the processes. I knew where to go to get resources. But I never saw myself outside of the bubble I was in. And now being in Hawaii, away from everything I know, you can ask for help all day long, but it's not gonna come except on a ship in four weeks, you know? And you learn to depend on yourself, to rely on yourself and to trust your instincts and to trust yourself. And you also learn to, to explore. And so I can, I, can, I can relate to your story and it's hilarious because our growth, the growth process is not cute. <laughs> it is definitely not cute. And I, it's necessary for growth. And, you know, I'm focusing on success and, you know, listening to you about niche every day, I struggle about my niche and I always come back to the same thing. Success. I want to help people be successful and, and it doesn't matter in what, whether you're going to school, whether you're building a business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's reaching for your goals and it doesn't have to be business, but just in general, I've watched so many people put limits on their own personal growth. And I've watched people self-sabotage, I mean, to the point of death, you know, between substances, between criminality, between family generational curses, between being afraid to, to tap into what's inside of them, you know, and, I, and even when they get a glimpse of like, oh my gosh, I'm capable, and then they just retreat like a turtle back into the shell because their own um, ability scares them you know like the resilience that we have is is meant to help us grow and to to thrive you know into who we're supposed to be 
they listen to that inner voice that says, mm -hmm. oh, you think you can? Let's see. And that's the thing is that that inner voice is there. And you know what? When I, like, I've done so many different things. I came from Kenya. I came here. People were like, oh, you know what? You, how are you going to do this? Four kids? How are you going to do this? I don't know. I'll figure it out. And I was scared, literally scared. But determination helped me move yeah. forward because I was like, I am not staying anymore here. I have to go. I have to go. And I didn't move because the country was bad. I was moving because the family I was with was bad. And this was my one break of getting out. That can be another story. <laughs> it's like the color purple, but it's okay, right? Yeah. You have to break away from something. Break away. And so that voice keeps telling you, how are you going to do this? And you say, God, just give me the strength to go. Mm -hmm. Just let me do this. And you know what? He's given you the strength already. He's given you the idea already. You got to believe in yourself. All right, so you're going to have to come back on another podcast because I didn't get to half of the stuff that I wanted to ask you, but you have given me so much joy. I want you to tell everyone the name of your book and how to find it. So we are right now on Amazon.com. Um, we have a Kindle version. We have a print version. And the name of the book is The Philosophies of Niche Principles. And this book is under my name. It's Munira Zahabi. And there's only one person in the world with that name. So you will find it if you're looking for it. And quickly tell everyone what inspired you to write this book. You, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I want you to just tell everyone what the inspiration was. You know, I was talking about niches and I was like, I, I, why doesn't anybody get this? Maybe I need to put this in a book. And I did. So a niche to me is very, very important. It's like five things you need. And the last one, the first one is networking. I talk about that very much because, you know, you never know. So let me just touch the five products if there's time. So one of them, the first one is networking. You touch that because, you know, if you're not sure of what your niche is, let me give you a so this thing you go in a woman's group a mother's group and somebody has a problem because the the child isn't pooping enough sleeping enough and immediately because our, we've gone through this we become advisors and we give people advice and we can't refrain as ladies we cannot do this men do it too but we'll just talk about ladies but so the thing is you start giving advice and that's the something that makes you happy that's the season of your life, of your niche right now. So go talk about people. Go find people who may have the same problem and that becomes a networking thing. So you have to be in the right place to become a networker to figure out what problems other people are facing, number one. Number two is the initiate to implement, right? Because you cannot start something that you haven't planned out. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Why are you going to do it? And the first thing comes, why? Why is this important to you? Why if a child isn't pooping and you want to teach everybody to, for this child to poop, why is this so important to you? So this becomes your initiation. You have to understand why you want to tell people what you want to tell them. And then how are you going to do it? And who are you going to talk to? That's the initiation part. The C is, uh, 
Of course, I have to look in my book. Sorry. The C is care to prepare. What do you need? Do you need a website? Do you need, can we just go talk to people? Or can you have small groups of people come? Do you need Zoom? What do you need to start this business? You know, most people make the, the assumption that I need to go hire a web de developer and, you know, create a, create a website. It's not true. Right now, you have free traffic right now. And this is free tips that I give people. Facebook is free. Instagram is free. Talk about it in your channels. And now new thing is Clubhouse. Everybody's talking about that. Go talk to people about that. What is it that you solve for problems? What problem do you solve for people? Excuse my English. And then you go flip it and become a solution. And you have to prepare that. So if you don't have an iPhone, you can't get on a Clubhouse. So go find yourself, a, you know, you don't need a, a $2,000 this thing iPad, but go on Facebook marketing and market and get an old iPad or something somebody's selling for $100 and use that. You have internet service everywhere. So you have to be resourceful. How do you care to prepare, right? Number four, humility and honesty are king. I just told you a story about me getting on getting a ticket, right? A warning ticket. It was still a ticket because I was driving at 35 on 80 hours speed. This is I-5 in California. Nobody goes less than 100. But you know what? I was 35. People were honking at me. But here's the thing. That was my vulnerability. It was my humility that I have to tell you this. And yeah, it's people are laughing about it. I know people are just like, oh my God, she's crazy. It's okay. But here's the thing. We all have our moments. And if you share your humiliation or your vulnerability, people will understand that you are human. You've raised a kid who doesn't, we're talking about a baby who doesn't sleep or who hasn't pooped, and you haven't slept for two days and you don't know what has happened to this kid and you are anguished and anxious and you're tired and you want to cry and you actually let this baby sit on the floor and cry because it's you don't know what else to do that is one thing that people will understand i've gone through this i understand that that vulnerability is so amazing and then the fourth thing the e is for execution have you executed your plan think about the last vacation you took did you plan it or did you just go? Nobody just goes. If I came to Hawaii, I would like, I want to go there, 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 there. They do this, this, this. Okay, have a plan. May not accomplish everything, but at least five out of 10 things. That way you got to execute. If you never sit on a plane and get to Hawaii, how do you think you're going to execute anything? So use my Eve principle. Conceive, believe, achieve, and then receive. Because you know, when you give, you receive, right? And it's amazing. Yes. I don't know. I just got fulfilled. Um, because you gave more than a niche. <laughs> you, you gave the whole foundation 
of personal and professional development right there. Because no matter what you're working on and what you're doing, you have to do all of those principles. You do. You do. All right. So tell everyone how to find you. If you put in The Niche Navigator on Google or Facebook, I show up. I love that That's name. That's great. There is no other niche navigator out in the world. Just it, just, it just makes sense. But there is something else, because you said something about niches being sexy. I need you to just explain that real quick. Of course, because here's the thing. When you feel good, right? When you, I have a friend who, even if she's wearing a mask, she'll still put her, her lipstick. Right now, she doesn't do lipstick as much as she does her eyebrows. Oh my god, she spends like 15 minutes, and I'm like, Why, why do you go do this? And she goes, It makes me feel good. And when I feel good, I feel sexy. And I'm not talking about attracting the opposite sex. How many times do we need to feel good? It helps her feel good if she does her makeup. My daughter is the same way. She's got that amazing skin. And even if she's just sitting at home, she's got her hair done. She's got her, her eyebrows are done. I mean, she's like made up, ready to go. And you're thinking, are you going somewhere? Why? Why does everybody have to ask me that? I just feel good. And that feeling good is feeling sexy, right? Because you got to be feeling good. Now, go to a job where somebody is like, it's a, hi, how are you doing today? Who told you it's a good morning? Hey, don't break my bubble because it's not a good morning for you. Then you shouldn't be in this job. Like, look, we all have problems, right? We, we all have days like that. But if this job doesn't get out, get you out of bed and exciting, you want to be like Tigger, right? Have you heard of Tigger? He's bouncy. He's, oh my God, nothing ever stops him. He's Eeyore. my favorite. Tigger's and, my favorite. True. And, but then you have Eeyore. Do you want to be like Eeyore? Eeyore is the definition of depression. Of exactly. chronic depression. But then you, it starts out like, who told you today is a good day? I'm like, the sun is shining. You are alive. God, for God's sake, if that doesn't get you out of bed, and in you, it, then it's not sexy, man. What is sexy? It makes you feel good and the persons around you feel good. If you are dating somebody, you had to put on lingerie and, you know, show off what you got, right? Same thing, show off what you got because it makes you feel good. Tell people why you want to be around them because if you're grouchy, I guarantee nobody wants to be around you. I mean, if I was poo, I would have dumped here a long time ago, but you know, and then it's just amazing, right? A seesaw effect. But if you are like Tigger, then everybody wants to be like you. I mean, I used to work in corporate America and people used to say, what drug I on? Hey, I feel good. I have a good job. I enjoy what I do. But then I got laid off from that job and started working at a law office doing the same, almost the same things. But I was like depressed. I felt like you're literally. Why? Because I wasn't myself. I was around lawyers who have this 
egoistically like they have to be everything correct and i was like nobody can nobody who is not an, a lawyer can speak in front of you i can't do this job so i quit very fast i left but that's the thing if it doesn't make you happy it's not sexy you just changed my whole perception of sexy because you know and you kind of called me out because we're not on video because i'm not feeling sexy today <laughs> but but the reality of it is is that we have to define things to suit our needs and i think as an entrepreneur for me uh, a barrier to me doing more like doing facebook lives doing more courses is because especially as somebody with chronic illness, I don't feel good the majority of the time. And so that causes me to have to shift, you know, my capabilities. And it's, it's in order to avoid feeling depressed about it, I just shift, you know. But the reality of it is, is like you said, my daughter, she kills me because we're late because of her eyebrows and her eyelashes. And, but that's her thing. It makes her feel good. She will buy lashes as often as she can and no lashes the same. And she has to do that to feel good. And it makes sense. Um, it definitely makes sense. And what I want everyone to get from what you just said is be unapologetic. No matter what it is that makes you feel good, go with it, do it, and don't deviate. Because we need that. We need that to be able to show up and to be the person that we are designed to be. So I want to thank you for all of the information and, and just the energy. I love your energy. It is infectious. It is, it is um, contagious and it's good because you have uplifted my spirits today. And what a way to start my Monday. You needed this. That's why we needed to be connected today. You know, even though it was on the, on the calendar, but God knew. So That's that right. was awesome. But here's the thing, right? People, when I was listening, you know, Take some of my energy. I enjoy, I love talking about these things because it makes me energized. It keeps me alive, you know, compared to some days when I was like, you know, I, I, one lady called me and she goes, you know, let me just tell you, your husband's dead and he didn't take you with him. So you have a sentence that you have to fulfill. And I was like, okay, that sounds very depressing. But you know what? She goes, make the most of it. So, you know, don't, don't just sit there and mop because I guarantee you, like my professor told me a long time ago, and I put this in my book, there's so many people who are lying there in their, in their graves, hoping that, and hoping and wishing they had filled out whatever legacy they wanted to leave. And if you don't do this for you, do it for your legacy, because what are you leaving behind? I love that. And I love connecting with Legacy Builders. So thank you again for being here today. And just be advised, everyone, that her information will be in the descriptions. And you guys will definitely see more of Munira Zahabi. And thank you again for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. As always, stay powerful.